to Teen Mum Universe, an exploration of all things Teen Mum, sprinkled with a bit of British flavour. I'm your host, Lucy B. Hi guys, welcome. How are you today? I know I've used that song before, but I had to use the Teenage Dream song in homage to Farrah's wonderful book, My Teenage Dream Ended, which I haven't read yet. That's like one of the only Teen Mum books that I have not read, but I will read it. I'm just waiting for Sophia to do a tell-all autobiography that details her entire childhood. I want to read that before I read Farrah's book, but we can only live in hope. Okay, so starting this week with social media question of the week, I asked, who would you rather be married to? Ryan, aka Mackenzie Edwards' husband, or Josh, aka Mackenzie McKee's husband. See what I did there? They're both called Mackenzie and they're both married to horrible people. So first of all, I wanna say I had someone in my comments defending Josh, which, okay, fine. Like, thank you for engaging with my post. I'm happy that people are seeing it and getting involved, but no, I'm sorry. This person said, oh, well, Mackenzie's gone online and said, actually, it's not all Josh, it's her as well. No, 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 I don't believe that. Mackenzie is a victim of emotional abuse and Josh gaslights the hell out of her. Even if she, she says, oh, Josh isn't the only one that cheated, I cheated too. Okay, even if she did, which I'm not sure if I believe that anyway, to be honest, but that also doesn't excuse the behaviour that we've seen Josh do to her. It doesn't excuse the way that we've seen on the programme Josh speak to her. Josh said to Mackenzie, if you're going to kill yourself, don't do it in front of me and the kids or don't do it when me and the kids are here or something. What? That is the opposite of what you should say to your partner who you love if they're going through some sort of mental health issue. Also, like, he doesn't have a job, she supports him. I so, so wish that Mackenzie would have gone to Florida and started a new life without Josh and with her kids. I feel like that would have been a really positive step for her, but of course Josh had to come and ruin it all and ruin the moving on. So, um, I think you can tell I'm not a huge fan of Josh. Like I say, everyone has a right to their opinion and I understand that Mackenzie does get online and she doesn't make it easy for herself because she'll say all these horrible things about him, split up from him, and then she'll get online two months later and be like, oh, we're back together. And she'll post a family picture and she'll be like, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot I couldn't post a family picture without everyone hating on Josh. Well, Mackenzie, we hate on Josh because of the things that you have told us that Josh does to you. Like, oh my God. No, he is the worst. Like, Mackenzie is so pretty. Okay, she's got her faults, but I think she could find such a wonderful husband who would look after her and her kids if, you know, that's what she wanted. And I just really wish that she would kind of break free from Josh. Okay, so those are my opinions on Josh. Let's look at our other suitor of the week, Ryan Edwards. Oh, okay. My answer, before I go into thoughts on Ryan, first of all, oh my god, did you guys see Ryan in the recent episode of Teen Mom OG where he's kind of slowly but surely morphed into a werewolf that's addicted to heroin? Like, oh, that is scary. Ryan used to be good looking. Ryan was never my type. I said that in the Macy episode I did last week, but he was objectively good looking and now he's kind of like scary looking. I understand why Bentley doesn't want to hang out with him purely based on the fact that he just looks kind of scary. So my answer to the social media question of the week is I would pick 
you know, if I had a gun to the head and I had to pick one of them, I would pick Ryan. I would want to be married to Ryan. Let me explain why. Because I feel like at least with Ryan, you get Jen and Larry, who again at the moment have clearly got a lot of faults and a lot of issues, but they're nice people. They would welcome you into the family. They would invite you over for Sunday lunch. They would, you know, help you out, look after the kids. They're, they're nice people. They're you know, at least if you married into that, yeah, you'd have to put up with Ryan, but you would have the affections of Jen and Larry to soften the blue. You wouldn't be in this marriage completely on your own. I don't think Josh has that. I mean, we don't really see anything of Josh's family on Teen Mom. Maybe he does have a really supportive family unit and we've just never met them, but based on what we see on Teen Mom, I think I would choose Ryan. Um, my reason is because I think his family seems a little bit more nice and I feel like if Ryan up and left or you know went on tinder and cheated with numerous girls as he did at least you wouldn't be left alone holding the baby you would have that support network to help you cope and to help you kind of still have an okay life so yeah that is my answer to this week's social media question of the week as soon as I wrote it I knew I'd that was a humdinger because they're both the worst but there's my answer. I've answered it for you. Do get on the Instagram. It's at Teen Mum Universe, at Teen Mum Y-O Universe. See what I did there? And you can see all sorts of fun things. I do a social media question of the week. I post lots of fun throwback pictures. And it's a place just for general discussion and obsession over all things Teen Mum. Whew. Today, I'm going to do Farrah's 16 and pregnant. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I've been so excited to do Farrah's episode. It was actually not as crazy as I remembered until I guess the last 10 minutes of the episode, which are completely wild. But for the most part, I actually felt like if you didn't know who Farrah becomes, um, I don't think you would suspect that there was anything you know, too kind of dark in her future. She seems a lot more balanced and quote unquote normal. So let's dive straight in. I also wanna say Farah is so pretty in this episode and I really, really, really wish she had her old face, like RIP Farah's old face. I miss it so much. She was really beautiful. I wonder what she would look like now as like a 29, 30 year old, but if she hadn't had any surgery, I think she would have been stunning. So we'll dive into the episode. Oh, I also want to say my issue with Farrah now. So let's very, very quickly talk about Farrah now. A, I miss her from the show. Bring her back, please. Bring back Deb's OG. Bring back Silent Michael. Bring back Wild Child Sphere. I just, I need them. I need them on my television screens. I don't have, I don't take issue with the stuff that Farrah does now. I, I don't take issue with the fact that she is essentially a sex worker. I do kind of take issue with, well, A, many of the other things that she does. I think she's like a blatant Trump supporter. I do not agree with the majority of her values and beliefs. I also am not really here for her taking Sophia on her sex trips. Like, Farrah is a yacht girl. That's, I mean, that's what she does. But what bothers me is that she takes Sophia with her while she's having sex with these guys, which makes me feel a little bit icky or a lot icky. Sophia's social media, like the fact that Farrah allows all that and kind of promotes all that, 
oh, there's just a lot. And also the fact that Farah is still seemingly unwilling to own what she does. Like, own it. Just be like, I'm a, you know, I'm a woman and I'm using my body to make money and that's fine. Like, own it. But I don't think she is. I think she's still living in that place of a little bit of denial. So those are my thoughts on Farah. Let's dive in to the episode. Hi, my name is Farah. I live in Council Bluffs, Iowa, smack in the Midwest, but I'm anything but a small town girl. I have big dreams and I plan on making them happen. Right now, I'm a senior at Thomas Jefferson High School and I'm a cheerleader. Tyler is my best friend and so is Sabrina. I'm super busy all the time juggling work, school, and cheer. The only problem is, I crashed my car. Oh my god, rich people problems. So I have to rely on my mom, dad, and sister to drive me around. Because I'm a cheerleader, I have to stay in shape, which is fine because I love working out. Even though right now I'm still a size 2, I won't be for long because I'm pregnant. Okay, great. So that is our introduction to Farah so much to unpick here it's like I said before it's so weird to see Farah with fresh eyes if you wouldn't have told me what her journey turns out to be I wouldn't believe you you know at this point I feel like Farah could have finished school gone to college opened a little midwest restaurant married a nice midwest man and lived in a house with a white picket fence do you know what I mean I feel like she could have had that and it did not turn out like that at all. Farah is wearing her cheerleading outfit pretty much the whole way through this. All the scenes where she's in school, she's in her cheerleading outfit. She's tiny. She's so skinny. We also get a shot of Farah walking through Michael and Deborah's house, which, okay, let's talk about Michael and Deborah's house. It reminds me of like a creepy antique B&B, the clutter everywhere and the like the data decorations oh I don't know iconic is what I would say about Debs and Michael's house what I would not say about it is homely or cozy or any of those other things that a home is supposed to be like I cannot imagine growing up in a house like that so we've met Farah now we get into the action September 16 weeks pregnant so I haven't told the baby's dad I'm pregnant. I broke up with him because he's way too jealous and immature, but it hasn't quite gotten through to him. So this is before Derek tragically died. I'm so confused why the Derek dying storyline is not in this episode. Do you think maybe Farah and her family just didn't tell MTV that it happened? which I wouldn't put it past Debs to just be like, nope, he's not a part of our lives anymore. We don't even need to talk about it. But surely if MTV knew about it, they would include it. Like, I can't imagine them leaving out a storyline like this. And I know some people have said, oh, well, maybe they left it out because it was too dark. I don't think that highly of MTV. I don't think MTV is that ethical that they would leave this story out purely because you know, it's about a teenage boy dying. I think if they knew that that happened, they would be right in there. So yeah, I don't know. At the moment, I'm thinking maybe Farah and co just didn't tell MTV and just kind of said to them, oh yeah, you know, the baby's dad is out of the picture, cut out of my life, don't talk to him anymore. And that's why they never really questioned the fact that he 
yeah called her a couple of times in the first half of the of the episode and then in the latter half of the episode nothing nada from Derek we get a shot of Farrah's work it's called Bellevue Health Center I don't know what this place is but it has it shows Farrah sat in her little cubicle working and she's wearing a headset so maybe it's some sort of call center I don't know why can't she just get a job in like McDonald's like all 16 year olds you know so Farrah is sat in her cubicle Derek calls Farrah and we hear his voice on the other end of the line he asks if he can come and see her but she says no she's busy she has work all day and then she's going to a haunted house with the girls this seems to be another classic MTV activity up there with pumpkin picking I feel like they every season go to a haunted house and Leah and Gary and Amber are still loving the haunted house because I feel like they went on a haunted hayride just last season so they are loving the haunted activities so Derek's on the phone to her and he asks her what guys are going to be there and whether or not Roberto is going so at this moment I was like hmm Roberto who is that he's not a recurring character but don't worry guys Roberto will come right back into this story later on so we will find out who Roberto is Farrah says while my parents have accepted that I'm pregnant, they are definitely not happy with my ex trying to contact me. What are Deb's motivations here? Does she not like Derek purely because he had sex with her daughter? Because in what world do you actively encourage your daughter not to tell the father of her baby that she's pregnant? And we know this is true because Farrah later confirms that it was Deb and Michael who forced her to keep the pregnancy a secret from Derek. Like, I understand you know, if you don't particularly like the person your teenage daughter is dating, I imagine that's the case for most parents because teenage boys are not great as a species. But to actively withhold that information, like why, why does she dislike him that much? That's what I want to know. We also know that Deb, which I'll come back to this later, that Deb talked Farah out of getting an abortion, which again makes no sense. Farah, I feel like, like Macy, like pretty much every 16 year old is a perfect candidate for an abortion because you know she's got so much life ahead of her so is it religion I know Deb's I mean it's gone out the window now with the reinvention of Deb's OG but I know Deb's was very religious so I'm guessing that's why she didn't want to get an abortion but whew, religion has got a lot to answer for Farrah is heading out to a game in her cheer uniform and Deb tells her not to have anything to do with Derek Deb also says, if he's calling and harassing her, she says it in a really weird way, she's like, if he's calling and harassing you, you should get his number blocked. And Farrah says she doesn't know how to do this, which is so 2009, because I feel like blocking people now is completely second nature. But Farrah's like, yeah, I don't know how to do it. And Deborah says, oh, I'll call up the company and get the number blocked. We're then treated to a whole sequence of the least peppy cheerleaders I've ever seen doing a cheer routine at a pep rally. Farrah is fine at it. She's like, she's doing the moves. I wouldn't say that any of them are completely committed, but huh, they're teenagers, they're doing fine. It's also weird to see her in such a normal scenario. She says, when I found out I was pregnant, I told a couple of my closest friends and told them not to tell anyone. But now people are talking and it seems like the whole school knows and it looks like the word just got out to the baby's daddy. So Farah is with Zabrina. They're both in their cheer outfits sat in the car. Zabrina, I am not a fan of and you'll soon find out why. 
Zabrina and Farah would definitely have bullied me at school. Let's just get that out of the way. There's no question about that. Farah gets a text from Derek saying, if you're pregnant, you sure should tell me now. Again, did MTV not think uh, it's so strange that we're getting all these phone calls and texts from Derek in the first half of the episode and then after a certain time, he just stops contacting her? Were they not a little bit curious about that? Because I swear we didn't even find out Derek died until season two of Teen Moms. I want to know exactly when MTV found this out. Farrah tells Sabrina that she's just going to deny it because that's what me and my mum talked about. Ugh, well done, Deb. Sure. Great work there. Sabrina says everyone at the school is talking about it and Farrah's kind of confused as to how people know because she only told Sabrina. And Sabrina's answer is, ah, you're just that popular, Farrah. Oh, Sabrina is such a mean girl. She's clearly gone round and told everyone this information. Farrah says... At the game, I was worried everyone was gossiping. Maybe I'm just being paranoid. But now, it's time to tell my closest friends. So we get another clip here of Farrah cheerleading. She literally has a washboard stomach. She does not look pregnant at all. And she's already about four months pregnant. So that is impressive. Farrah and her friends are sitting in what looks like some sort of daycare. There's wall stickers on the walls of like count to one two three and all very childlike stuff it's very odd it looks like a daycare but I'm guessing it's one of her friend's houses anyway Farrah says she wants to talk to them and then she tells them that she's five months pregnant her friends have zero reaction they don't even pretend to be shocked they clearly already know so I do feel a bit sorry for Farrah here and then yeah they do they reveal oh we already knew. Farrah says, I thought my secret was safe with Sabrina, but obviously not. Surprise, surprise, Sabrina is never seen after this ep. Now we're at Farrah's house. She says, now my parents want to talk about everything that is going on. So we see Deb, Deb 1.0, pre-surgery and pre-her transformation into Deb's OG. Michael is there, but you wouldn't know he was because he, I swear he never says a word. It's like MTV said, we can't really afford to have you all here, but if Michael doesn't speak, then we won't have to pay him a wage. So just make sure he doesn't say a word because he's quiet the whole way through. They sit around the table in their very weirdly decorated house. Deb tells Farah that if people talk about her behind her back, she should still walk with integrity. Well, maybe, Deb, if you would have let her get that abortion, people wouldn't be talking about her behind her back anyway, and she wouldn't have to worry about any of this. Just a thought. Now Deborah tries to convince Farah to put the baby up for adoption. So, okay, again, she convinced her to keep this baby, but now she's trying to convince her to adopt it out. Like, Deb Deborah doesn't even want the baby. Oh my god. Farah says she doesn't think having a baby will actually be that hard and I think this is where we get our first glimpse of delusional Farah and the suggestion that maybe her thinking is all is not all that rational because yeah of course Farah a baby is going to be super hard work. Four months ago my biggest worry was what I was going to wear to prom and now I have the most important decision of my life to make. It feels like everything's going so fast and I still don't know if I'm keeping my baby. My cousin Isla and I are going to lunch, so I'm hoping she can help me talk through everything. Farah and her cousin are at some bar and Farah tells the cousin, 
who we never see again after this, that Deb wants her to pursue adoption. In this episode of 16 and Pregnant, Farrah is surrounded by a lot of people. She's surrounded by a lot of friends. She's surrounded by like a decent amount of family. And then they're just never seen again. Where did they go? I also want to know what side of the family this girl is from because she looks zero. She looks nothing like Farrah. She looks nothing like Deb. She looks nothing like Michael or any of the grandparents. She's rocking like a Chelsea circa season two blonde bouffant backcombed to the gods. Bright orange fake tan. A, of course, 2009 side fringe. So this is Isla. Isla asked how things were going with the baby's dad. It's also so weird because they never even say his name. No one even refers to him as Derek throughout the whole thing. It's just the baby's dad. What's that about? Farrah says she quit talking to him. She doesn't want him in her life because he turned out to be a bigger and bigger problem, which sounds like something Deb has said to her, not something Farrah has come up with on her own. She said she thought it would change for the better, but it seems like people just change for the worse the longer you date them. Oof. Back to Farrah's house, which we get an outside shot. It's huge, by the way. She says, even though the thought of being a single mum is scary, now I'm sure of what I want. It's time to tell my mum what I'm thinking. So Farrah and Deb go to Perkins Diner. If you've ever been there, hit me up, let me know what it's like. Michael is there too, but again, he says absolutely nothing, of course. Deborah says it's amazing how many people have asked about Farrah's baby. You just know that Debs is trying to pawn the baby out here. Like, oh, so many people want to adopt your baby. Or as Deb would say, so many people want to adopt your baby. Deborah says, baby, I'm just thinking about you. And I can't stand it when anyone calls anyone else baby. Like, I don't like it when couples do it. I don't like it when people do it to their young kids. But the fact that this is what Deb refers to her grown ass daughter as, is just creepy. Farrah tells Deb that she is for sure keeping the baby. So it's decided I'm going to be a single mom. Again, no talk at any point through this episode of Farrah's feelings for Derek, the fact that he's the love of her life. Like I want to know exactly how long they were together and when exactly he died and when she made that shift of I hate Derek, I don't want to talk to him, to Derek was the love of my life, I'm never going to meet anyone else like him. So Farrah's back at school now. She says, I feel like I'm the center of awkward stares. Cheerleader Farrah walks through the halls of Thomas Jefferson High School. MTV have clearly slipped her classmates a fiver to play the part of the local gossips because as Farrah goes to sit down in class, we hear, and even if we don't hear it, don't worry because MTV give us the gift of subtitling. So we hear and see, she's the one. She doesn't look pregnant. Farrah then turns around and sees two girls laughing behind her and she says, I'm about ready to redirect someone's mouth, which I think is our first ever glimpse of the famous Farrah word salad. Farrah says, even the cheerleaders are acting strange. Thank God for Tyler. He didn't judge me at all. I wish Tyler was still in Farrah's life. He seems like a good friend and that's what she needs. And Tyler did stick around for a little bit because I remember he featured quite heavily in season one of Teen Mum. But after that, nothing. Mysteriously disappeared. Yeah, I just never understand where these people went and I never underst understood why, you know, around season one and two of Teen Mom, Farrah just didn't seem to have any friends around her because, yeah, she's awful and she's Farrah. 
But she doesn't seem that bad in these episodes. You know, surely she could have a little posse of friends around her. Tyler and Farrah go to the tanning salon and when they go in they see Leah, Chelsea and Amber all working away behind the front desk. No, they don't. But what is it with these girls all working at tanning salons? Farrah asks the lady on the desk, really politely might I add, if she can sit in the room with Tyler while he tans and the lady says yes. Again, Farrah is like very sweet, polite, very personable in these episodes. They go in and Tyler is literally frying himself like bacon on the tanning bed topless goggles on while he and Farrah casually chat about how, how all the other cheerleaders know about her pregnancy. Farrah says Sabrina talked about her to all the other girls and now it's caused problems between her and the girls. Tyler then says, oh, do you know what though? It's it's not that bad. It's It's probably, you think it's worse than it is. Nope, he doesn't do that. He just pours that fuel onto the fire and goes, and you know they judge you because you're a single mom. Farrah says she doesn't care about them anymore and Tyler says they're supposed to be cheer leaders, not cheer followers and then he drops his mic and the room bursts into spontaneous applause. I love Tyler, he should get his own spin-off show, I would watch that. Back at Farrah's house, Deb and Farrah discuss what they're going to do for the rest of senior year. Deb tells Farrah that after she's had the baby, she'll be all puffed up. If Deb said that to Farrah now, you just know that Farrah would end up screaming at her, calling her a bitch, shouting at her, and then Deborah would cry and threaten to kill herself. But here, Farrah is pretty amenable and just kind of laughs it off. And she says, well, I don't really plan on being puffed up. Deb says, you can plan on it, but that's not the way it goes. Why is Deb even saying this? It's not a supportive thing to say. It's not helpful. Why is she telling her teenage daughter, who's probably already super self-conscious, that she's going to be puffed up after she has this baby? What does that even mean? Is she telling her she's going to be fat after the baby? Farah says she went out for pizza with the team, but they were all still acting really weird. So also, I was pondering about the people that Farrah surrounds herself with. Remember that girl, Christina, who was Farrah's hairstylist slash best friend circa Teen Mom season two and three? Whatever became of her, I want to find her. I actually tried to do a deep dive on Christina last night. I spent a good amount of time looking for her. I found out her surname was Lee. Well, unless she's since got married, but she was called Christina Lee. She was a hairstylist. She did maybe one interview about Farrah in 2010. And since then, nothing. She does not exist on the internet. Please someone help me find Christina Lee and let me know what she's doing now because I need to know. So back at the pizza place, Sabrina sits on her flip phone with a face like a slapped ass. Farrah says, I seriously love how stupid everyone is. Is this what it's like to be popular? Because it seems awful. I would rather be not popular and have actual friends than exist in this like dystopian world where friends are actually really mean about you. She says, these are supposed to be my best friends, but I don't have time for high school or the cheer team if this is how they're going to treat me. I quit. December, 24 weeks. As my belly continued to grow, so did the gossip around high school, and it quickly became unbearable. So my mum and I decided I should stop attending Thomas Jefferson and finish my remaining credits at the local college. Deb and Farrah talk to the college advisor, and they ask if the college offers online classes. Farrah says, having to drop out of high school and losing all your friends is like a huge deal. I actually forgot that this happened. I forgot that she was forced to drop out of high school. 
that's really sad. That must have really messed her up. That's a huge deal for that to happen to you when you're 16. I mean, it kind of goes some way to explaining why Farrah is the way she is now, I would say. And also the fact that her baby daddy died. I mean, that also explains why, why she is how she is. The guy, the advisor says, online classes are harder than coming to classes and that's a lot to take on. Farrah now looks properly pregnant here. No more washboard stomach. She actually looks really, really cute. She says, it is a lot to take on, but luckily I have my friend Brianna, who's also a teen mum, to help show me the ropes. Again, where did she come from? Where did she go? Where did she come from, Cotton Eye Joe? Farrah meets her friend, Brianna, and they go shopping for baby stuff. Farrah asks Brianna the question on everyone's mind. So, have your stretch marks gone now? They chat about how Brianna is with the dad and Farrah isn't. Again, I want, I need to know the status of Derek at this moment. Is Has he passed away now or are they just split up? She's quite pregnant here, so I'm guessing he passed away. Farrah asks Brianna if she thinks it's going to be hard to find someone, which... Yeah, if she's just split up from Derek at this point, I feel like that's a totally reasonable question to be like, cool, I want to find someone else. How can I do that? If Derek has recently died and she's asking Brianna, you know, she's already talking about moving on, that is a little uncomfortable. Farrah says she's not going to go for losers anymore. Brianna hands her baby to Farrah to hold and Farrah looks as uncomfortable as hell. She says, I found out I'm having a girl and I'm going to name her Sophia. And today we get to hear the heartbeat. So Farrah and Deb now go to the ultrasound. It looks super bougie. You just know they paid a ton of money to be there. This is no like NHS. Well, I know they don't have NHS in the US, but this is no run of the mill ultrasound clinic. This is bougie. Deb says to Farrah that children are a lot of work and Farrah's like, well, they don't really do that much. Again, there's that classic Farrah delusion. She has no idea how hard it'll be raising a baby. They go in and they hear Sophia's heartbeat. So Farrah's lied on the bed and the woman is holding the thing to her stomach and you can hear like the... Farrah seems really embarrassed because I think that she thinks that noise, the baby's heartbeat, is her stomach rumbling. A, why does she think that? Like, surely she knows that's the baby's heartbeat. And B, why is she so, honestly, she looks mortified. Why is she so embarrassed? She's like, oh my God, I think that's my stomach. I think Farrah lives in a super repressed household where they don't really talk about these things. They don't mention bodily functions or bodily fluids. Later on, Deb is like super grossed out by the idea of birth. It's all very odd. The woman says the baby's head is all the way over to the side. And Farrah says, if the head is here, then how can you hear the heartbeat? And the doctor goes, well, because the heart's in the chest, not in the head. Again, if this happened now, you just know Farrah would argue until the cows came home about how actually the heartbeat is in the head and everyone else is a liar and everyone else is wrong. But here she just sweetly laughs it off like, oh my God. The doctor asks Deb if she'll be in the delivery room when Farrah delivers. And Deb says, I'm not real good in medical situations. What the hell? That's your daughter. Get in there and support her. Farrah then says that she doesn't want to breastfeed because she thinks it's going to make her breasts go droopy. Deb says to the to the doctor, all I know is women who've had a lot of babies, their boobs seem to get a lot bigger and saggier. And Farrah laughs and says, does breastfeeding make your boobs more saggy? 
And the doctor says, no, pregnancy will do that to you. Mic drop. Amazing. This doctor has no time for Deb whatsoever. Oh, Farah says over voiceover, on the way out of the doctor's office, I got asked out on a date tonight, but I'm supposed to go out for dinner with my parents. Okay, so remember Roberto from before? He's about to reappear back into our lives. Voiceover. Okay, so there's this guy, Roberto, that works with me. I think he's kind of cute, so I gave him my new number. Roberto calls Farah and asks if she wants to meet up after dinner with her parents. I don't know about you, but after I've been out for dinner, I am going straight home, putting my pyjamas on and going to bed and being bloated for days. But hey, if Farah wants to go on a date after dinner, like, you go, girl. Deb says they're going for dinner at 8pm. Again, isn't this super late? I'd be like, cool, so shall we meet at the restaurant at like 5.30, yeah, eat our dinner and then go home to bed? Farah says she's going to go for ice cream with Roberto afterwards. Of course they're going for ice cream. That is so teen mum. Debs tells Farah to tell Roberto that she only likes him as a friend and that she's six months pregnant and so she's not looking for any kind of relationship at this point here. I see Debs's point. Like, of course that makes sense. But is that really up to Debs to dictate to Farah? Or maybe, I don't know, should Debs let Farah be a human adult with some agency and let her decide who she hangs out with and who she doesn't? I don't know. Just a thought. So over at Tyler's house, Farah, I love this bit, Farah is gazing at a framed picture of herself in a cheer uniform and she goes, I seriously love this picture. Oh my God, to have that much confidence at the age of 16. I feel like every, when I was that age, every picture I saw of myself, I was like, oh no, get it away. I hate it. I look awful. But Farah's just gazing into her own eyes lovingly and being like, oh my God, I look so good. Farah tells Tyler she's going out for ice cream with Roberto later and we then see her getting ready for the date. We get a big old shot of her rubbing her pregnant belly and then she takes a leaf out of early season Amber's book and goes for a long jumper with a thick belt fastened firmly under the boobs. Again, very 2009. So then they go out for dinner. We get a shot of Farah, Deb and Silent Michael at the restaurant. Deb is wearing her fur coat that she famously completed her community service in circa season two. Farah is now in a different outfit. So I guess the previous scene was from a different time. I don't really know why they included that in there as some sort of getting ready scene because yeah, in the restaurant now she's in a different outfit. So I don't really know what that was. They eat dinner, the time is shown on the bottom of the screen, 9pm, 9.30, 9.45. We see that at 9.45, the guy, Roberto, still hasn't texted her. Deb says, oh, it's okay, darling, don't worry about it. We still love you and he probably wasn't worth it anyway. Nope, she says with a big smile, here's what we're gonna do, baby. Let's make a toast to the end of things. God, their dynamic is so weird. Surely if your 16-year-old pregnant daughter got stood up, you would be a little more empathetic. Farah says over voiceover, I can't believe Roberto blew me off. Maybe dating isn't such a good idea. They leave the restaurant now. I just want to flag up that Michael is still here. Michael has still not said a word. January, 28 weeks pregnant. My mom and sister are taking me to visit the hospital where I'll be delivering my baby. They take Farah to the delivery room. Again, it's huge. It's super fancy. I'm guessing they've paid a ton of money for Farah to deliver in this hospital. The nurse asks Farah who will be there with her during labour and both Ashley and Deb are completely reluctant to be in the room while Farah delivers because they don't like blood. Great, really supportive there, ladies. Deb goes, I definitely know. I will not be looking at it. 
what does she mean by it? Does she mean Farrah's vagina or does she mean the baby? Again, it's all super shamey and non-supportive. Like birth is a natural thing and Debs is the one that's making her go through with this birth anyway. So I don't know why she's acting so disgusted by the whole event of the birth. Farrah asks a very normal question about what being induced is like and Debs says, Farrah, do we really need to go through all this? Just let her ask the questions. Deb says, you won't need to be induced. That baby's going to shoot out of you like a damn banana in a banana peel. Okay, one, Deb cursing there, saying, damn, super Christian of you, Deb. Two, what is she trying to say about Farrah's vagina? That it's really loose? Oh, I don't know. You can tell as well that the nurse is really hating on Deb and Ashley at this point. And I am too, because... They're just being very unsupportive. Their whole energy that they're bringing to this situation is one that is, I would say, unhelpful and shamey. Deb says, with a smile, you do not have to ask all these grotesque questions. It's not grotesque, Deb. She's having a baby, not like publicly defecating. Why are you so shamey? I feel like this is such an insight into how Farah was brought up. Also, Deb's OG now, I want to add, recently opened an OnlyFans page and is apparently all about the sex. So Deb's is really just a walking contradiction and I can see how growing up with her as your mum could really mess you up. Farrah says over voiceover, I was hoping for more support from my family. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm scared I'm going to have to do this by myself. 36 weeks pregnant. We get a rare glimpse in the bathroom of the House of Clutter here as Debs is paper macheing a completely naked Farrah to get an imprint of her belly. I think apparently this is a thing that people do. So you get like a cast of the shape of the pregnant belly. Farrah says, with my due date getting closer, everyone is getting more and more excited. Cue a shot of the now finished cast on a table displayed oh so decoratively as a centerpiece for Farrah's baby shower. Farrah emerges down the stairs, ready for her baby shower in a tiara. And there actually seem to be a lot of people there. So it's kind of sad that she has no one these days. She says, getting all these baby items reminded me that in just a short time, I'm going to be a mum. So baby shower ends. It seems fine. She opens some presents. Like I say, there's a lot of people there. It seems like quite a nice event. We then get a shot of Farrah in bed. There's a little time indent in the bottom of the screen saying 2am and Farrah's water breaks. Convenient, no, that the MTV cameras were here to catch this at this exact moment of the water's breaking. Surely this is a reenactment, which is hilarious because then that makes me think that Farrah's water had already broken and then they had to call MTV and MTV were like, oh, can we just get a quick shot of the of you reacting to the water breaking? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't think this was the real moment of the waters breaking because I just don't believe that the MTV cameras would have been there camped out in her room on the very night that her waters broke. Also, Debs is fully dressed when she goes in to assist Farrah. So uh, this is definitely a reenactment. Debs is fully dressed. She's been up for a good like three hours prepping for this moment. She goes into Farrah. Farrah says she thinks her water has broken and Debs goes, yeah, that's what it looks like. And that's what it smells like. Deborah, you're so judgmental. You don't need to say, like, leave A, my ears don't need to hear that. I don't need to imagine what Farrah's waters smell like. But B, just like, she probably already feels a bit embarrassed. Don't say that. Farrah says, 
my dad's out of town for work i.e my dad's out of town cheating on deborah and my sister's really sick so she can't come i think my mum is nervous that she'll have to help me by myself one hour into labor deborah calls michael and says michael did you get my text message he says no i just woke up meanwhile he's like shushing his mistress being like shh it's my wife deb tells michael that farah's in labor deb starts crying and farah says mom why are you crying just keep it together again what is with the emotional repression in this household makes me so sad no farah also has a full face of immaculate makeup on here so props to farah three hours into labor the contractions are becoming quicker and the and the pain is becoming unbearable in fairness farah does look like she's in a lot of pain here although her makeup is still impeccable so i want to know what brand she's using because my makeup like sweats off my face after two hours of me just sitting at my desk at work so someone please tell me where this magical makeup is that stays on all day we then get our first ever shot of the farah cry face hallelujah she says i'm in so much pain it's time for the epidural so farah gets the epidural and it looks really scary it's like they're like heaving her around on this bed trying to put this huge needle in her back and i'm reminded of leah getting the botched epidural with addy which is enough to scare anyone out okay in an epidural i feel like i know at the time you're probably just in so much pain that you can't you don't care about all that stuff but oh it does look a little bit scary Five and a half hours into labour, some guy turns up who's apparently Farah's doctor. I guess they called him up and said she was in labour and he arrived. I'm not sure what this is about. Surely they would just use a doctor that was at the hospital. He says, I always tell people if I had a bowling ball coming through my pelvis, I'd want all the pain medicine I could get. Deb throws her head back at this point and laughs hysterically. So it's okay when other people say kind of gross stuff, but her daughter can't say anything like that. I think Debs is just super horny here. And she's like, oh my God, doctor, you're so funny. Debs, of course, makes the whole thing completely about her. She says to the doctor while her daughter is writhing in pain on the bed next to her, as you take the baby out, I'm not real good with these thing kind of things, but I'm trying. The doctor says, which I don't, as a whole, that sentence doesn't make sense anyway. The doctor asks her if she's going to cut the cord. And Debs goes, oh no, I'll faint right away. It's not all about you, Deborah. please. Farah says, now that my doctor has arrived and my contractions are coming faster, it's time to start pushing. This is seven hours into labor, by the way. I know that's not a quick labor, but it seems quicker than some of the others. I swear that Macy said her labor lasted about 31 hours with Bentley, which sounds terrifying. Farah is lying on the bed, legs akimbo. The doctor says, the better shape you're in, the better labour will go because it's hard work. And Deb, once again, pipes up from the corner. She goes, hello, that's why they call it labour. <laughs> and then again, laughs hysterically at her own joke. Debs has clearly taken a fresh batch of Prozac here or something because she's cracking all the jokes, being super cheery, laughing hysterically. Like, what is going on, Debs? The nurse tells Farah to open her legs more and Farah is embarrassed. She's surprisingly calm while she's pushing the baby out though and I am quite impressed with that. And the doctors and the nurses are holding Farah's hands and coaching her through it, totally comforting her while Debs is about a yard away just snap snapping away with the camera, not saying not a word. <laughs> Farah says, I'm so sorry, everyone has to look at my crotch right now, I'm so sorry about that. 
Okay, let's dissect that. A, what did she expect labor would be like? Because she seems genuinely embarrassed that she has to open her legs. Where did she think the baby was going to emerge from? B, oh, Farah, the irony. I'm so sorry that you all have to look at my crotch right now. Cut to four years later when Farah is starring in a, quote, leaked sex tape with James Dean having sex with her in the bumhole. Oh, I've not seen that porn film, by the way. I've never watched porn, but I've heard that it's very, very graphic. Sophia comes out and the doctor tells Farah to look down while she's pushing her out so she can see Sophia and it's quite emotional. Deb says nothing and remains completely unmoved until declaring, she's a conehead. Thanks Deborah for that input. The doctor lifts up Sophia and shows Farah and Farah says, I love her. She has something on her face, so you might want to get that off. Farah, that's your baby. Why is everyone so grossed out by this whole process? Deb once again makes it all about her. She's prouder of herself managing to cut the cord than she was of Farah pushing an entire baby out of her vagina. So the nurse hands Sophia to Farah. Deb says, isn't it weird how they know their mama right away? And Farah says, it's because she knows I love her. And it's almost a nice, normal moment, but then I remember that we're watching Farah and Deborah and Sophia here. We get the screenshot, Sophia Laurent, born February 23rd, 2009, £7, 3 ounces. What is Laurent? Is that a real name? I knew that was her name. I knew she was called Sophia Laurent because that's what the boutique is called, the Sophia Laurent boutique that Farah opened that is probably bankrupt somewhere now. But... Yeah, so I always knew that was her name. That wasn't a surprise to me. But I want to know where she got that name from. Like, is that a legitimate name? Also, Sophia is 12 now. That is crazy. One day old. My friends and family arrived early to meet baby Sophia. Tyler shows up and he's tanned brighter than the sun. He's wearing a bright orange t-shirt, which matches his tan. I love him so much and I really want to know where he went. Michael is now there as well, but again, says nothing. Some more friends show up, who are never seen again. They ask where Ashley is, and Farah says she's sick at home. But she says it as if she's maybe not sick, she's maybe just not coming. The dynamic between Farah, Ashley and Deb is so weird. I need a tell-all book. I need Ashley to write a book, because she's kind of disappeared without a trace now as well. She's really what's the word, detached herself from her family. I need her to write a book and tell me exactly what went down in that house. Farrah chats to her friends about this, how this Mother's Day she's going to be a mum. Her side fringe at this point is perfectly swooping across her forehead. It looks pristine. If this was me, my, my fringe would be sweaty and flying out at all angles. So I don't know how, how Farrah does that. Maybe that's the trick to being popular, is you just have naturally perfect makeup and naturally perfect hair. You know, some people have it, some people don't. Farah says, taking care of Sophia is going to be a lot more work than I could have imagined. They don't teach any of this in high school. So Farah is in her hospital bed learning how to give Sophia her bottle. Her makeup is once again immaculate. They show Farah how to burp Sophia, and Farah is super grossed out. She's like, oh, she's going to burp on me. Uh, yeah, Farah, that's what babies do. They burp and poo and cry, and that's about it. Because my dad was working out of town, aka because my dad was off cheating on my mum, he was the last to show up. 
so somehow now Debs has let Michael have some alone time with just the baby. And we see the nurse handing Sophia to him and he holds her for the first time. And it's actually a nice moment. I also, by the way, wanted to take so many screenshots of this episode because every scene is so iconic and also because Farrah looks so pretty. Like, I'm going to put a lot of photos on the Instagram alongside this episode when I upload it because, yeah, everyone just needs to take a little trip down memory lane and remember Farrah 1.0 and Debs 1.0. Farrah says, before I knew it, it was time to take Sophia home. They drive home. Sophia is two days old. We see a shot of Farrah holding baby Sophia and Farrah still has a pregnancy bump here, which I know is a normal thing. But by the time Teen Mom Season 1 came out, she is super tiny again. So I'm impressed slash alarmed at how quickly Farrah lost all that baby weight. Farrah put Sophia on the table to dress her and then just walked right out of the room to get something, which reminds me of the time that Farrah moves house. Again, I think it's like season two, season three, and just leaves Sophia out in the hall in her car seat while she carries an entire sofa into the house and unloads stuff, and Sophia's just chilling out in the hall. Luckily, Farrah now opts to just take Sophia with her everywhere she goes, even if where she is going is onto a rich man's yacht to have sex for money. Three days old. I was so excited when we got Sophia home, but I had no idea it was going to be this much work. My mum was right. It's exhausting. Over the last three days, everything's been about Sophia, and I'm starting to wonder if I'll ever get any sleep at all. So Farah is in her room now, tending to baby Sophia. Sophia's lie down in her crib, and Farah puts cute little mittens on her. Deb walks in in some sort of varsity jacket, like she's the king of jocks and says, newsflash, I never ever did that to you and you're okay. Jeez, Deborah, just let her put the mittens on. Who is it harming? Farrah says, my mum is starting to get on my nerves. She's becoming a control freak. And then when the sun goes down, she disappears and it's all me taking care of Sophia. Cue nighttime montage. 2.30 a.m. Sophia cries. Farrah feeds her. 4 a.m. She cries again. 5.30 a.m. Sophia crying. 7 a.m. Sophia crying, etc., etc. Farrah actually seems to be dealing with all this quite well. Like, she gets up with Sophia. She tends to her. She feeds her. She puts her back to bed. She's not doing a Ryan and just leaving the baby crying on the bed next to her. The next day, Farrah asks Deborah for some help. She says, I know this sounds a little bit needy, but um, how much would you help a little bit? Help a little bit? Well, how much would you like if I needed something at night? Probably not too much. <laughs> not too much. What is their relationship? That is their conversation verbatim. Also, Deborah, you made her keep this baby and you wouldn't let her get any support from the father. So now she's completely isolated. I kind of feel like you should step up and help her. But no, Deb says she needs her sleep. Farrah says, when I thought about pulling an all-nighter from my senior year, I was thinking parties, prom, or cramming for finals. But now it means something totally different. I'm spending more and more time home alone taking care of Sophia and I'm starting to get more of a handle on this whole mom thing. We then get a shot of Farrah casually leaving Sophia to sleep on the kitchen work surface while she goes off and does something else. Again, Farrah, don't take your eyes off these babies. They could roll onto the floor and, I don't know, maybe give themselves a light concussion. 
Sarah says, trapped in this house without a car, I'm starting to go stir crazy. Thank God my friends are visiting. Three girls come over. I have no idea where they are now. They're never seen again. Farah tells them she's been stuck in her house, but she hopes that in six months' time, things will be better. She'll have a car. She'll be able to get out more. In fairness to Farah, she always has had a work ethic. She's like a kale in that sense. Throughout early seasons team mum, Farah is always working. So I think what she's saying here is that she hopes by the time the baby's six months old, she'll be able to go out back to work by herself a car. Farah says, it was really nice to see my friends, but when they started getting ready to go out, I realised how much my life has changed. Farah's friends are getting ready to go out and Farah says she's going to stay at home. This is a totally different Farah to the version of Farah we see in season one of Teen Mum where you could just see the narrative that MTV were trying to push was that Farah was going out all the time and leaving Sophia at home. I think MTV just produced that storyline though because they didn't really have anything else. They didn't know about Derek, so they were just kind of trying to make an interesting storyline. So they were like, oh yeah, Farah's this party girl going out all the time. But actually in 16 and Pregnant, she's not acting like that. She's not doing that at all. With just my mum and I in the house, I feel like I need to do something to have a little more freedom. Farah sits with her mum and talks about how she needs a car. Deb says they don't have the resources for that right now. I think that's just Deb's way of controlling Farah because let's be honest, they're not poor. They're clearly quite wealthy. So I feel like Deb's probably could loan Farah, I don't know, a thousand dollars to buy a secondhand car. Farah gets up upset and does the crying face and Deb says, I know one thing, God will make a way. Thanks, Deborah. That's so comforting. Farah says that she's pissed off and Deborah gives her a big kiss and a cuddle and tells her everything will get better. Nope. She says, well, you be pissed off. I'm not going to deal with that and walks away. Deb is as cold as ice. She says, you're going to have to have logic and reason, and I'm not going to deal with anything that's not that. Watching this little exchange between Farah and Deb was so weird because it totally sounded like an argument that they would have now, except the roles would be completely reversed. So Farah would be the cold one and Deb would be the one crying. And now I see where Farah learned that behaviour. It was from her mom. MTV then also generously do a freeze frame on, on Farah's crying face. So they really kind of do her dirty. Farah says, my mom is trying to control everything that I do. I can't take much more of this. One month old. My sister and I don't hang out often, but no one knows better than me how difficult my mom can be. Ashley and Farah chat. And Farah says how she's trying to be more independent. She says she doesn't know what to do about her mum, but at least Ashley is getting her out of the house. So Ashley drives Farah to the gym. They go inside and go. they walk boldly up to what looks like some sort of staff office and ask the guy in there if he can show them around the gym. Is that a thing that happens? Don't you have to make an appointment for that or something? The guy looks like he'd rather be doing anything else in the world. And then you see him clock the cameras and he's thinking like, who is this girl? What is going on here? I feel like MTV did not prep him. I feel like they didn't go in beforehand and be like, oh, hi, we're shooting a scene for a documentary. Do you mind if we get a scene of you showing this girl around the gym? No, I feel like Farah just charged in there unannounced. And this guy was like a rabbit caught in the headlights. Like, oh yeah, okay, I'll show you around the gym, sure. Farah asks the man if she's allowed to bring Sophia with her to the gym and he says no. He says, come and get me and I'll be glad to answer your questions. But he could not look or sound any less glad. 
Farrah and Ashley then leave. In the car, Farrah tells Ashley she, Ashley she wouldn't mind going to that gym as long as she knew she had someone to watch Sophia. Ashley says they can find a gym with a daycare, which, is that a thing? Because if that's not a thing, that should totally be a thing. I think that's a great idea for working mums that want to go to the gym. Despite all my frustration, the next day my mom surprised me when she finally agreed to take me to look at cars. Oh my gosh, this is the scene of scenes. As soon as Farrah said that her and Debs were going to go out to look at cars, I immediately knew what was coming and I could just feel the goosebumps forming on my body. So Debs comes out of the house. She's in a faux leather, purple oversized blazer here. It's definitely a look. Farrah and Deborah are in the car on the way to go look at cars. Farrah says that her grandpa suggested they go look at Ford Focuses and Deb shuts that down immediately. She says, I hate Ford Focuses. Farrah says, I like Ford Focuses, mum. It's a cute car I would drive. And Deb says, yeah, we're not going to get that. Okay, I guess that's decided then. Also, I don't know much about cars, but I can't imagine the Farrah of today driving a Ford Focus. Okay, so I've now, I've transcribed the whole conversation here because I feel like it needs to be heard in full to understand the true madness slash beauty of this conversation. So I'm going to switch between Farah and Deb's voices. So hopefully everyone will keep up with me and my tremendous acting. Farah says, oh my god, you're dumb. Yeah, I know. What you need to do is go in. Mom, shut up. I'm not gonna sit here and be disrespected by you. You're completely out of control. Farah then ugly cries and says, No, you are. This escalated so quickly. Farah only said that she wanted a forward focus and now they're in a screaming abdab against each other. Deb says, You can't understand anything. No, mum, you can't. That's why you have so many problems. All right, Farah, I'm going to tell you now. Don't talk to me anymore. I've had enough of your belligerent, anti-Christ attitude. No, that's what you are. And I mean it. Oh, okay, mum. Well, I try to tell you something and you don't listen. Yes, because you're wrong. No, I'm not. And I'm trying to tell you the right thing. Oh, um, too bad because I've had enough. And then Debs hits Farah right across the arm. The worst thing is neither of them react to this. So this is clearly not a one-off. This is clearly not the first time this has happened yikes i can see now why farah is so harsh on debs because debs really was awful to her the argument then continues post slap oh um i'm telling you exactly what i said i made it you know so much that's why you're always in such trouble farah mom i'm not in any trouble yeah right i'm only in trouble because of you yeah that's why we're having a beautiful situation right now huh farah I was taking notes on this conversation, but it was already so ingrained in my head I kind of didn't need to take the notes, like I knew this word for word. The bit where Farrah says I'm only in trouble because of you, I missed that the first time round, but that's clearly Farrah making a reference to the fact that her mum wouldn't let her get an abortion. Okay, the argument continues. Whew, deep breath. 
Deb says, yeah, because I have to deal with you. You're right. Yeah, sorry. It must suck to be in my life. You're right. There you go. Pity poo. Yeah, because I'm so sick of you. This is crazy. This is exactly like the arguments Deb and Farah have now, but the roles are again completely reversed. I even remember Deb getting upset one time and Farah saying the whole pity poo thing as Deb cried. And I thought it was so harsh at the time. But now I've just seen that Farah learned it from Deb's. Farah says, you and me are not we, mum. Two different people. Farah calls her grandma and asks her to come pick her up. <laughs> and Deb goes verbatim. No, 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 she's not. No, she's not. No, she's not. No, she's not gonna do it. Nope. She does do it, though, because ten minutes later, Farah's grandpa comes and picks her up. He says... Well, I'll tell you about your mother. She thinks she's got to be in total control of everything. She's got to make all the decisions. A rare glimpse into Debs's life there from her dad. Well, she doesn't need to make any more damn decisions for me. That's Farah. Farah's grandparents, who actually seem quite normal, question mark, take Farah out for something to eat and Farah just sits there crying and I feel really, really bad for her. Farah says, even though I'm miserable, my grandpa and I decided to stick with the plan for the day. So now she goes with her grandpa to the Ford place. She takes the car for a little test drive and I guess she gets the car. I wonder if this is the car that Farah then later tries to sell circa season three when she gets, she tries to sell it on Craigslist and she gets scammed out of $3,000. I wonder if this is that car. Nothing about being a teen mom is easy and I know I have a lot to learn. Whew, oh my god, that final scene in the car. I would urge you all to go and rewatch that because that is such an insight into why Farah is the person she is now and an insight into what it must have been like growing up with Debs, an insight into just the chaoticness of having Debs as, as a mother. Please, please, please go back and watch it. So that's it, we've made it to the end with that abrupt argument and then Farah, I guess, her grandpa buys her the car and then we get the, of course, piece to camera. My mum and I, it seems like we have to fight each other. Like when I want to be independent about something, it might be hard for my mum to deal with that. I'm fortunate like my family's behind me, even though we're not the greatest family ever, but we still have love. I think it's important to find the right male figure to be in baby's life. I don't know what the future has for me and Sophia, but everything that I went through, I would not take any of that back. She's made me a better person. I'm changing. I want, you know, more independence. I need to learn things for myself. I want to be the mom that will teach her to love the right way. Teach her to know what's a good relationship and a bad relationship. I want to teach her all the right things that will help her in her life. So when I'm not around, she'll know better. Ooh, dark ending there, which again, I think is like a slight reference to the fact that Sophia's dad has already died. Farah knows in her head Sophia's dad has already died because it's quite unusual to say when I'm not around anymore. I feel like the other mums in the franchise would have said so that when she's grown up, when we're both grown up, she'll know what to do. But no, she says when I'm not around anymore. Then Farah does this thing to camera. She's like, peace out. And she like goes forward and does the thing like she does peace fingers. And that's the end. She pieces out and that's it. That is the end of Farah's 16 and pregnant. Whew, what a roller coaster. That truly was an actual roller coaster to watch and to take notes about. The first, I don't know, 30 minutes were actually much tamer than I thought. But those last five minutes in the car where Deborah and Farah are having that 
huge argument was just absolutely wild to watch. So there it is. There's Farah. Bring her back to Team Momoji, please. I need to see more of her. I can't wait to read Sophia's tell-all book. Next week, I am planning on doing Caitlin. I'm, of course, going to end all these 16 and Pregnants with Amber. So next week, I'm going to do Caitlin. Unless anyone has any suggestions, I'm always open to suggestions. Hit me up. I've got an Instagram. I've got a decent amount of followers on there now. I post a lot of fun content. So I am on there as at Teen Mum Universe, YO Universe. See what I did there? You can get involved. You can message me with suggestions. Nice suggestions. No shade. And other than that, I will see you next week. I hope everyone has a wonderful week. I'm sorry in advance if this is posted a little late. I usually intend to post these on the Sunday, but I feel like this week I'll probably end up posting it on the Monday, but it will arrive, it will be here, and then next week I'll be right on time again with Caitlin's episode of 16 and Pregnant. Have a good week, everybody. See you soon. Bye. <laughs>